This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Jordan Medina, Daniel Jewison, Brian Ganninger, Daniel Weiss, Alan Bruce, not to be confused with Bruce Wayne or Alan Davis, Randy Mucha, Ivan Peterson, that's a good name, Joseph Colarudo, Michelle Nielsen, Jason Perry, Christopher Hudspeth, Julia Chung, Adam Connor, Charles Alba, Caleb Roberts, Eric Steele, Joseph Stilwell, Daryl Apple, Trevor Ivlute, uh, I, he told me how to pronounce it, I forgot, Alexander Achia, Cheryl Annette Baker, Jason LeClaire, and Ray Arvid Gregerson. Fine and faithful spoilerites, each and every one, and we'd love to have your name join them in the ranks of spoilerosity, meaning a future Major Spoilers production could go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this Issue! I made a promise on the graves of my slain parents. The promise to rid the city of the evil that took their lives. To team up with a sardonic film school graduate, a hipster, and an angry man who once had very tall hair. Together, we can protect Gotham from the scum who would rip off all the good movies and take all the superheroes and make stupid movies out of them. From the guys that hate everything that's not brutal enough, to the ones who have a little too much invested in My Little Pony. This is my city. Why do you think I record from halfway across the state? I can't armor my head. Blood, flooding chest cavity, must climb higher because Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 560 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. Without you spreading the word, we would not be able to do everything that we do. So please uh, share, 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 share. But uh, And, and Sonny. Yes, I hate going Funny to the movie. I hate going to the movie theater. I'm just going to say that worst movie going experience ever, ever. What'd you do? Went to go see uh, the Lego Movie. I heard and they, that was a good. It's a good movie, but for whatever reason, our dumbass movie theater decided to put it in one of the smaller theaters on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon when crap ton of kids were showing up, so it was packed. Oh no! People don't know how to sit down. People don't know how to shut up. People don't know how to chew with their mouth closed. People don't know how to shut up. Babies don't know how to stop crying. Awful, awful, awful. Some idiot did, not me. I'm smart enough not to do that. That sounded, I mean, I can see the ads and see that's still loud, too loud of a movie. For <laughs> it's, it's a fun movie. I mean, it was really a fun movie. Um, but uh, yeah, the movie going experience, uh, I hates it. <laughs> he hates it. I he hates, hates it. Pieces. That's why whenever I'm going to go get a movie next time, I'm going to go over to uh, Majorspoilers.com and click on that Amazon.com link. I'm just going to buy the movie on Blu-ray, have it delivered to me at home, and listeners, you can do the same thing. Avoid the movie theater. I think Amazon Prime actually gives you some, uh, free, uh, some free abilities to watch some movies and some streamings, and they've got some original programming as well. Go over so to Majorspoilers.com. Yeah, right. That wasn't well, they're not even owned by Dickinson anyway anymore. So click on that Amazon.com link. Uh, buy whatever you want. Maybe you want to buy a 65 inch screen. I think a 65 inch screen is actually bigger than the movie screen. We were watching the uh, the Lego movie on this weekend. 
you pay the same yeah, price, really a little bit comes. Stand up and just play it on his back. Yes. Um, That's offensive when they ask you, by the way. The, you know, you pay the same price on everything that you buy at Amazon.com through our link, but a little bit comes our way and keeps us uh, going with the show week after week. Uh, did you hear about this, Matthew? What's that? Preacher moves one step, one step closer to being a television Preacher. series. Thanks oh. to uh, Seth, Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg. Yes. Evan Goldberg? That's I love says. Evan Goldberg. He should play Jesse. <laughs> Evan, Evan Goldberg. He's the guy from Friends, right? Who did the, hey, see ya, pals. The crazy guy? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. This is the thing, though. I, I am fascinated by this. I want to see how they're going to pull this off. This is a really... Uh, um, I mean, we reviewed the first volume of Preacher on the Major Spoilers podcast years ago. So, listeners, if you want to find out our thoughts on that, you definitely need to head back into the Major Spoilers archive. You can find the complete listing of Major Spoilers or on iTunes or the RSS feed or whatever. But the thing is, this is over-the-top violent, sexualized, and and a big middle finger to religion. Well, there there is a character – there are a number of characters who are – uh, written as actual descendants of the blood of of that Jesus fella. Yeah. And I'm not sure how they're going to pull this off because, I mean, one of their themes is, teehee, let's make fun of this because they've, they've kept this bloodline for so long that now the poor child is inbred and has any number of defects. <laughs> right. Functionality. And I'm right. Like, I, I don't I, – even AMC I don't think can do that on television. I have no idea how they're going to handle it, but I think, it's, I think it's fascinating. Rodrigo, one of the main characters, you can't say his name on. I think, well, on AMC, I think you can say arse. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's uh, really that that I'm with Matthew. The thing that I have the most curiosity about is how n- similar this is going to be to the comic. Not because I want to see a very faithful adaptation, because honestly, I don't care. I didn't like Preacher that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to see what they leave behind. And my guess is that it's going to be something similar to um, your uh, heck blazer mm-hmm. in that the movie had a character with the same name. <laughs> and, um, and he was the same gender. Yeah, exactly. That is um, literally all he had in common with John. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, there's like, it's, it's, they're they're gonna pick and choose a few things, and then just out of that make a brand new thing. Probably, yeah, that's is my guess. It's funny you said that because as I was uh, talking about this story earlier this week on the morning stream, uh, after I was done, I was like, "Look, if they kind of if they're not gonna poke fun at the religion, and they're going to take out the hypersexualization, and they're gonna tone down the violence, what else is there left?" And I'm like, "It sounds like they're making a version of Constantine without." You know, like you said, watering it down, and that's what they're going to end up with. So I don't know. It's it's the thing you get into though is that I I believe they've talked about and forgive me, this may have been someone uh, extrapolating from it, but I believe they talked about uh, Jesse having the superpower of the word. And if you read the series, he actually makes a point of almost never using it because of the nature of the the ability that he has. And I'm like, well, if you know, if you're going to make that a focal point, you've basically made a completely different series. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you look at The Walking Dead, they've taken concepts and 
arcs and pieces of The Walking Dead and built them, you know, Lego style into something else where it is a completely different storytelling experience. True, but you also don't have a guy walking around who put a gun to his mouth and tried to uh, commit suicide and now has to be called Arseface. Yes, but then again, <laughs> I mean, if you look at poor Hair Star, remember when Jesse scars hair? You may not have read this part. He scars Hair Star's head so that it looks like, uh, how can I put this de delicately? Like a wing dang doodle. Oh, a penis. And, yeah, that. And so. One of the you know running gags is the the one of the main villainous characters has a head that looks like a penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's constantly getting you know body parts lost through various means. And a running gag is Hair Star keeps getting maimed, and that I mean that's part of the 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 humor of the series. And I'm not I'm not being crude or or in any way ridiculous here. That is literally one of the running jokes. That's one of the things we're supposed to laugh at. Oh ha ha! This villainous jerk lost another body part. Mm. So again, I'm I'm fascinated to see how this works, especially if they put Seth Rogen in the title role. I don't know if he's supposed to, but I know people are already saying, "Boy, I hope they don't." And I'm like, you know, I kind of hope they do. <laughs> You know, it's really I, I don't know, you know, it just may be that they're coming together, putting their heads together to come up with this idea and expand upon it. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, there's something about Preacher that's interesting. And of course, it's very much loved. And a lot of people have been talking for years to see this series. AMC is not your normal over the year broadcaster, so they can get away with a lot more than, say, Fox can. Uh, but did, really, this is more of a the walking dead, I think. Yeah, I, uh, this is more like a, to me, still feels like this is something that needs to be on the premium cable channels. It'll be interesting to see how they how they come uh, come up with a good idea that that sells if it does sell. And I'm more interested to see Garth Ennis's reaction to all of this. Well, in a world where in a world, sorry, in a world where Breaking Bad has become extremely popular, the concepts and things approached 20 15 10 years ago in preacher was it 20 i don't think it was quite 20 but the concepts aren't necessarily as shocking as they used to be an anti-hero protagonist doing terrible things is now kind of a formula so they may be able to do this in the same vein as you know the, the shows that we yeah. see what's the one with uh steve buscemi in jersey boardwalk empire yeah but that's hbo though that's a little bit different than amc but I, I think conceptually, well, you know, I, not, I don't think it that maybe just down to the language. I, yeah, I, no, I don't even think it's the language. I think the language is OK. I think the um, sexual sexual nature of some of the stuff is OK. But man, when you start uh, dealing with religion and making people question their religion uh, mm -hmm. or poking fun at people's religious beliefs, then that's when all heck breaks loose. See, I don't know if you remember all the sexuality in Preacher. Uh, there was a character whose uh, no, main claim to fame was that he sodomized an entire petting zoo. Um, so, I mean, there there are things in there that I don't think they would even get away with on HBO. But I've been wrong before. I mean, I'm the guy who said Avengers would never work. So, again, fascinated by this. I, I really want to see what they come up with. And I, I kind of... I feel like a terrible person for saying this, so, you know, whatever. Make of that what you will. I kind of actually root for a giant train wreck. 
in this case because I think a giant train wreck might actually be awesome in its own in its own way with all of this material in play. Think of how bad it could go. It can go a lot of different ways, and I Gosh. I don't know what I mean. Hey, I'm excited that it's somebody's finally getting a crack at it and someone's finally saying green light go. But yeah. you're right. It could be either the most wonderful thing in the world or it could be, like you said, an awful train wreck. Yeah. A literal train wreck. I think there's a train wreck in there. No. Although I do I do want to see the Saint of Killers. And I really want to see the scene in Monument Valley where the Saint of Killers comes in against uh, the United States Army. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, there's so there's a lot of good bits in there. I'm hoping that they can still use those good bits without watering it down. With Lee Marvin dead, I don't know who they get to play the Saint Killers. Um, it's the guy who played that Rondo Hatton looking guy in the in the uh, Rocketeer Dead. I think he died too. I don't know. Uh, Ted Ted Cassidy's dead. I don't know. Ooh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, but he's already in Sons of Anarchy. It doesn't matter. Ron Perlman has to play all big, angry, deep voice guys. Ah, there you go. He did, well, he did the voice of Slade. He was he was Vincent. He did, uh, I'm the Saint of Killers. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can share your thoughts on the announcement that AMC is moving further ahead with uh, the Preacher television series adaptation. You can also read about uh, who they've cast as the vision for the Avengers <laughs> 2 movie. And you can also find out... Um, who will play young Jim Gordon in the upcoming Gotham series on Fox. It's all over at Majorspoilers.com. Let's get to some reviews. Review. I don't know. uh, Ultra, ultra Kyle Rodrigo. What the hell is an ultra Kyle? (laughs) It's Um, half the calories of your regular Kyle. An ultra Kyle is the medium transformation uh, between mega Kyle and Giga Kyle. Oh, yeah. Which one forms the head? Um, none of them. For that, Kyle you Rager. need. Yes. For that, you need uh, Cephalo Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ultra Kyle is a um, uh, kind of a super uh, indie comic in that you actually, I think you actually like need to order it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not available in stores. Uh, you can you have to go to a website and uh, it's like print on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is uh, the story of Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Who, um, um, by the end of the book, uh, spoiler alert, or by the end of this uh, issue, comes into possession of what is essentially a pen that he can use to draw stuff. And then that stuff comes to life. Um, Oh, is it purple? No, (laughs) it's kind of, uh, weird. I think it's gray. Is it a black Um, and white comic? No, it's not. Um, cause I was going to say, that's a very subtle joke. Uh, (laughs) um, so, uh, but the majority of the comic is taken up uh, with learning about what this pen is. And what it is, is the Alpha Omega, uh, which is a, a device that can help its uh, user um, basically rewrite the universe as they see fit, which is pretty intense. Um, 
The first half of the book takes place in space as this space emperor guy is trying to uh, find it, or rather his little servant is trying to find it. Um, and then the second half of the book is mostly exposition about who Kyle is. And Kyle is kind of a nerdy kid who gets picked on a lot. Um, he's got some cool friends who stand up for him, but generally speaking, he's your um, kind of stock dweeb. Mm. Neo Zoomy. Maxi Zoom Dweeby, something. Yeah. Uh, so um, this book is, like I said, super indie. Um, it is uh, supposed to be an all ages title, and I—I I mean, there's nothing about it that's that's like offensive or anything. Uh, but I found it to be very wordy. I mean, I understand that on your first issue, you want to get a lot of exposition out of the way, but there is a lot of text in this. Um, as with the last book that I reviewed, I think there are some, uh, editing issues. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the first, the very first page of the comic is a star Wars looking crawl kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of a, a, a lot of, uh, exposition text. Yeah. Um, like moving away kind of in, in a trapezoid kind of moving away from me thing. Yep. Um, and and in that very first page, there's a, there's an error. There's oh, a, no. a repeated word. So um, that that that's something that that I I would I would imagine would be that needs to be fixed. And since there aren't print runs, hopefully it's something that can be fixed without too much money being spent. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I would say by far the most uh, impressive thing about this book is the coloring. Um, it's not super digital looking coloring, uh, but uh, there's there's something about it that is very cool in the space scenes. And I think it's just um, just a smart application of of contrast. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I was trying to figure out exactly what it was that I liked about it, but I thought like... Um, it's it's probably not a not a good thing to to say, but when when I looked at it, I was like, "Wow, I actually really like this coloring for an indie comic." But actually, it's the the, the coloring is really good. I thought. Cool. Um, the the art itself, I like when there's aliens. I don't terribly like the human characters because I think they're kind of all over the place. Some of them have like really big round heads. And are much more stylized than others. Like some of them look a little bit more human mm -hmm. um, or, or less stylized. Um, and like I said, it's just it it seemed to me that for a an all ages title, you know, a title that's presumably supposed to appeal to a younger group, it was really wordy. Also, um, there's a kind of a a um, a reference to the I think very strongly implied to the Star Wars prequels mm -hmm. and just kind of saying like, yeah, those prequels, blah. But this is a kid who's at most in like high school or middle school. And I was like, current high school students or middle school students love the prequels. Yep. They probably like them better than <laughs> yep, the original. You're absolutely right. So that, that weirdly to me seeing that I was like, this was, this is not a child. Like how old is this character supposed to be? And like I, I flipped through it, and I was like, I think he's supposed to be like in high school or middle school, but I don't know. That that little detail really threw me out of it. It's like, is this supposed to take place like in 1999? 
Like I, I, I was like trying to figure it out, but no, I, it, it just, it, it probably threw, it, it was probably a little throwaway gag and it just completely threw me off for like five minutes. Um, altogether, um, uh, I was, I was not terribly impressed. Uh, the, the idea of a magical pen that can draw whatever you want is not new. Right. Um, and, uh, I think we spent a little bit too much time looking at how very dweeby this main character is. Dweeby, dweeby. Rather than, and there was a lot of telling rather than showing us, you oh. know, sort of thing. Mm. So, um, all around, I'm going to give this one two slices of meatloaf. Um, again, I think, you know, this is, this is, this is a book that from looking at it is clearly a labor of love. Somebody like sat down and just did the comic from top to bottom mm-hmm. themselves, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the author, uh, whose name I do not have in front of me. Uh, cause I don't prepare very well for these things. Yay. Don Yay. Edwards. Is it Don so, Edwards? Yes. yes, yes. Oh, there it is. Don Edwards. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty sure writing, penciling, inking, yep. everything, everything, everything done by Don. Yep, yep. Yep. So, um, it's for something that somebody did completely by themselves. It's solid. But when you compare it to the broad spectrum of comics that we have today, um, it's just not very impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it two slices of meatloaf. Um, and with a with a tag that says, "If you at all can, make sure that you go over the uh, grammar with a fine tooth comb, check for repeated words, and see if you can uh, send that to your publisher that way." Cool. All right, there you go, Ultra Kyle. That is published by Thunder Frog Studios out of Seattle, Washington. Thunder, nice. thunder, 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 frogs. Okay, so this week, coming out this week from Dynamite Entertainment, is the fifth issue of Vampirella Southern Gothic. and is the final issue in this series or this arc, written by Nate Cosby, uh, art by uh, Jose Luis. Um, This is a book that I have not read before, so I'm coming into the final chapter. Uh, Apparently, Vampirella is down in Mississippi, and she hates it there, and she's having to fight big demon monster dudes. And there are some ancillary characters that are running around as well. One of them trying to help her. One of them she's apparently in love with, but not anymore. I would have had to have read the previous four issues to find out why she no longer loves him, but still wants to help him. Uh, Something about a little voodoo woman and a little uh, girl that has some control over demons is also in the book. Um, And a lot of fighty fighty. I mean, Vampirilla is getting her butt kicked by this uh, big giant demon. That being said, yes, it is. That being said, um, it's not a terrible story and I enjoyed it from again, coming in with no past perspective on this series, but deciding to pick something up. Um, and it, it, it was interesting. I thought, thought there was some clever writing. Um, a lot of it through, um, voiceover boxes, uh, from Vampirilla's point of view about why she hates Mississippi, why she's never coming back, why she has to do all the things that she did. She does why she hates magic. Uh, All this stuff gets spelled out in this book, and it was enjoyable from that perspective. Uh, On the art side, I thought the art was uh, very fine. Uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, I think one of the things that sets maybe this new era of Vampirilla off from everything else is she's not wearing the 1970s uh, swimsuit Mm -hmm. uh, that plunges all the way down past her navel uh, kind of thing. 
And I kind of like it. I know a lot of people don't like the fact that they put Vampirilla in pants and boots and a hat kind of thing. Um, but I think it works a lot better than her running around in a bikini and thigh high uh, boots. Well, she's an alien vampire. She's I know. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, when you put it in, the, put it that way, why isn't she wearing a bikini and thigh high boots? Um, and I think that's one of the things that I don't think we see explored very much in comic books. Occasionally we'll do it. I mean, Wally Wood tried to do it with uh, Power Girl's uh, costume. Um, occasionally we see in The Incredibles the discussion on capes. But I think it would be rather interesting to see how a costume relates to a hero. It doesn't have to be a whole issue on this is my cape and I wear it because blah, 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 blah. I mean, but, you know, the occasional many like it, but this is mine. You know, the occasional bit like uh, Frank Miller does when he's talking about why the bat symbol went yellow is a great little bit. The reason why you don't wear capes explained in the Incredibles is a great little bit. The explanation of why there's a boob window is a great little bit. I would like to see people somewhat explore the nature of why you chose a, a costume that looks that way vibe uh, and <laughs> and make it part of the story. Are you making fun of vibes, parachute pants and vest? It was the 80s, man. Give it up. It was the 80s. And you know what? <laughs> that was the height of fashion. In the Detroit street gangs of 1984. I'm sure it was. You watched. Uh, and that fake accent that he did, that he sounded like, you know, Carrie Limbo on drugs. Chew don't know how cool that was, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, but I'm, I really think that it would be interesting that every once in a while in a book. Yeah. Oh, hey, these pirate boots that I'm wearing, probably not so good, such a good fashion statement because they got hooked on or they got caught on that chain link fence that I was jumping I over of a dead pirate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those kind of things I think would be rather interesting to explore a little bit more in comics as opposed to. And eh, I just went down to the uh, to the Hibbert Sports and, and threw on some uh, Under Armour and spray painted a, a, a bat on the front of it. I think, you know, that'd be a little Isn't bit different. How they make superhero costumes for the movie. Pretty much. Okay. So Vampirilla Southern Gothic, I thought the art was fine. Um, although I don't know, I don't mind uh, beautiful women and I don't mind beautiful women being drawn uh, in a sexy way, but I don't know. Erect nipples don't always do it in specific scenes and don't seem appropriate in every scene of a book. Um, so I, you know, that just kind of bothered me. Uh, not that I'm saying that I have anything against those, but um, it just popped out. Well, yeah, it popped out right at the end of the book. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem appropriate in that in that situation. So, no you know, intended. no pun intended or maybe not. So Vampirilla Southern Gothic number five. If you haven't read the previous five issues or four issues, you're probably going to be a little bit lost. If you have read the previous four issues, you're probably going to want to read this one so you can see how the big fight ends up. And it does end up kind of cool. I'm giving this three slices of meatloaf out of five. That's out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Now, you said it was very good and very fine. Very fine is 8.0. Very good is 4.0. So, you you know. Yeah, so split the difference uh, 6. Uh, 6 oh, okay. Yeah, and you divide that. Grading joke, yes. and, you, and you put that into our uh, grading system that we have here. That's 3. three so meatloaf. there you go. Yeah. Three meatloafs. Beautiful. See We've how I did that? To there you I'm go. Gonna... Matthew, you I, picked uh, up a, a book this week from Boom Studios. We were talking about, like... uh, we were talking about uh, What's-His-Face just a few minutes ago. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. The Beast. Yes. You can actually judge a man by what he knows Ron Perlman from, much as with Tim Curry. 
Uh, I know Ron Perlman as the voice of Slade from Teen Titans. Some people know him as the guy from Hellboy. Some people know him as the apparently lead evil biker, or I, I don't want to say evil. I guess the lead uh, lawless, awesome biker on Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Now, this is number six, and much like your story, I am walking into the middle of things. Right. So here's what I don't know going into Sons of Anarchy number six. Okay. okay. All right. I don't know what happened in one. I don't know what happened in two or three mm-hmm. or four. So do you know the five. premise? Do you know the premise? I am familiar with the premise of okay. the show that they are a biker gang led by the Beast, whose right. wife is is uh, Mrs. Al Bundy. Right. And uh, that one of the guys was at one point going to play Christian Grey in the Fifty Shades of Grey film. That pretty much expends my actual knowledge of the series. So, so okay. So a little bit more, just maybe this will help clarify some things. Um, If you take Hamlet and you put it into a biker gang, that's kind of what this is. So Hamlet, um, Hamlet is the blonde haired kid. The one who was going to be in 50 shades of gray. Yes. Okay. Um, Yes. Because his mother, Peg Bundy is married to, uh, the beast who killed her husband and married her and semi adopted the kid. And he's only finding out about this much, much, much later. He's visited by ghosts. Uh, he's found a diary of his dead father who talks to him. Uh, wow. it, it's, uh, it gets kind of deep in that sense, but I think about the third or fourth season, it kind of falls off the rails. But anyway, that's a little bit, that's a little bit more backstory on the, uh, on the series, but nice. in a nutshell, it's Hamlet set in a modern era. That sounds cool. I may yeah. have to check that out. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have played Grand Theft Auto, The Lost in the Dam. Well, there you go. Which is a, a very similar sort of motif with some very similar stuff. And interestingly, this book opens with an extended flashback. I think it's an extended flashback to 20 years ago. There are a couple of things in play here that I really like. They have a very muted color palette. Um, I don't want to say it's like the one used in Hawkeye with David Asia's art, Mm -hmm. but it's the same sort of theory where there's a prevailing color and you don't have like garish scenes. You have like twilight scenes are gray, morning scenes are kind of orange. Fight scenes, when you get into the fighty fighty, Mm -hmm. you get the bright orange blasts of gunfire against the the gray blue backgrounds. And then when people bleed, oh my God, is it red. Red, 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 red. And it's kind of that same effect you get if you watch The Tingler. You remember The Tingler? It's one where Vincent they put the Price. shockers in the uh, in the seats. Where they put the seats, yeah. Vincent Price. Movie's black and white. There's a sequence where somebody is in a tub full of blood. Blood. The blood, the blood is bright, bright red. And, you know, 30 years down the line from having seen that movie for the first time, I still have that nightmarish little <laughs> thinking about that scene. Mm-hmm. The same effect is in play here. Most of the first half of this story is an extended firefight. Okay. Guys on motorcycles. Yep. Um, some of them are clearly the sons of anarchy because they are labeled. Yes. Yes. Um, there's bad guys with machine guns and fighting, mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. There's a problem that I have is I can't tell where the flashback, if the flashback ends, ends in this issue. Hmm. We start with a sequence that clearly says 20 years ago. Right. Then we get into the fighty fighty. Mm-hmm. We get into the stuff. And, you know, there's some really, really lovely artwork. Loving the artwork in this. Um, the One of the guys is driving a 1971 Dodge Charger. 
You can identify it as such from the art. Cool. That's impressive. Yeah. That is very impressive. Because, you know, the 71 is slightly different structurally than the 1970, best known for its use in the Dukes of Hazard. But uh, <laughs> as I go through this, I don't really know who is who, but I find myself drawn in to the little bits and pieces of espionage and intrigue. And mm -hmm. I don't want to say espionage because it's mostly just a big running gun battle. Well, I mean, but, in the greater story, there is because yes. um, the son has to decide whether he's going to take down the uh, king. This issue is awesome because after the gun battle, there's a kung fu battle. What? And after the kung fu battle, somebody gets stabbed right in the knee. Ouch. Yeah, it is very, very violent. And they do use a, a number of words that I'm not used to seeing in comics. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the issue, some evil guy gets shot by his own daughter and the sons of anarchy they come out of the woods and they're like, we promise to keep her safe. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with all of this. This is kind of like a cowboy thing. And I'm, you know, I, I understand it's got a lot of Western stuff to it. I don't necessarily know who is who in Sons of Anarchy, mm -hmm. but you don't need to know that to enjoy this issue on the merits of the art and what's being told. I do like the fact that they managed to pull off a very cinematic sequence, fight sequence, car chase. Fighty, fighty sequence. There's a lot going on in this issue. Yeah. I don't necessarily know that if I read this off the stands, this would immediately make me say, let's go watch Sons of Anarchy. Because what I really like about it is the actual work of putting it in a comic book. The art is nice. Mm -hmm. The writing works. The arc that's within this tale is good. I'm going to go with three and a half slices of meatloaf for this issue. Okay, it's, cool. Better than I expected, for one thing, because I didn't really know what to expect. And when I get to the end of it, you know, from your discretion, your description, I definitely now want to check it Well, out. and that's what originally got me when someone was like, well, you know, this is a modern day version of uh, Hamlet. It's like, ooh, I want to start watching it. And then as the story goes on, and for me, where it falls off the rail is the son has his own son who then gets kidnapped by some mob group and taken off to England. And that's kind of where I stopped watching the series. So I don't know where this story in particular his, takes place. His son is being raised by Lucy Liu in a monastery with the crazy eights. Well, that may be true too. Um, so, you know, I don't know where everything kind of falls in there. I do know, speaking of uh, characters that have sex with animals, I do believe that uh, what we were talking earlier about. How do you do that with, uh, with preacher? There is a character and I believe it's the character that's on the cover of the book. He's a yes. sex pervert in the, uh, uh, in the uh, television series. And I think it's implied at least a couple of times that he has had sex with animals. And so I, I think that there's some way that that could be worked into a series without a problem. So at least in a subtle way. Yeah. 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 As, as subtext. Yes. Yes. So there you go. That's what you write on the side of your U-boat subtext. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we take a listen? Oh, we've got George. George uh, has called in this week and has his review of Superior Foes of Spider-Man number eight. Let's take a listen. Hey, folks. This week I read Superior Foes of Spider-Man issue number eight. Hands down, this is one of my favorite books Marvel is publishing right now. I've seen some people compare it to Hawkeye, and that's a pretty fair comparison, although I actually like Superior Foes more. The title itself is a bit of a joke. Spider-Man never shows up in the entire series, and there's very little that's superior about this crew of characters. 
The series itself is a bit of a shaggy dog story about a few underachieving Spider-Man villains, led by Captain Boomerang, uniting for a big heist. What keeps me coming back is how lovably inept these characters are. There's a lot about Boomerang dealing with the parole system, his backstabbing nature, and how the criminals in the Marvel Universe relate to each other. This issue specifically is about as good as any as I've read in the series. The Shocker gets into a fight with a decapitated head, and he loses. Boomerang gets repeatedly concussed, leading to dream sequences featuring the boys from Breaking Bad, President Obama, and a parakeet on a lawnmower. The art is a lovely sort of stylized cartoonishness, again similar to what David Aha is doing on Hawkeye. Anyways, Superior Foes is getting a lot of love lately, and justifiably so. This is a charming, entertaining series that I'd recommend to just about anyone. Thanks. Thank you for that, George. And listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can check out all sorts of reviews that are out there. We should have some new writers coming on board in the next couple of weeks. And if you think that uh, you've got what it takes and you can make a commitment to Major Spoilers, uh, just drop me an email to uh, podcast at Majorspoilers.com and we'll see what we can do. Podcast is literally his middle name. I guess it is. Your mother was way ahead of the time. She was. Much like my mother, I think she named you under Ether. <laughs> it was the 70s. Things were different. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. All right, let us get to, oh, uh, the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. Poll of the Week, 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 week. There are a crap ton of movies that I'm interested in seeing uh, coming up. I, seriously, it's got to be that many. I mean, just looking at the movies that are coming out between now and the end of uh, August, 1st of September, the number of movies out there are just astonishing. Um, 73. Probably something like that. But even more so are the number of ones that I want to see. And then when you narrow out all those, because I want to see Maleficent, I want to see Planet of the Apes. I want to see um, uh, what the hell's there. There's another one that was originally on this list. But then I said, no, wait, we have to make this about comic books or properties that have regularly appeared in comic books. And so this week's major spoilers poll of the week are which of the following movies do you most want to see coming up? And again, we'll probably do another one towards the um, middle of summer as we move into fall, because there'll be some other ones coming out. But coming out just in March uh, next month, we have 300 Rise of an Empire, then Captain America, the Winter Soldier, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, X-Men Days of Future Past, Transformers Age of Extinction, Guardians of the Galaxy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Sin City, a Dame to Kill for, thing comes out at the end of August. Mm-hmm. Which movie are you most looking forward to seeing, Rodrigo? Uh, I Out of these, uh, it's definitely Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because Captain America is all that great as a property, although I, they've done a really good job with him. Um, but mostly because the rest of these I'm not that interested in. Mm, okay. Um, a close second would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I, I like I said, I think I've said before on the show, I really wasn't that. I really wasn't on board with the new Spider-Man. I mean, they, the the movie was fine and did a good job, but I'm not like for me, it kind of felt like too soon to have a new Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wasn't into it. 300 Rise of an Empire, not interested. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. I, uh, X3 really, really hurt me deep in my soul. So mm, okay. it's going to take, take a lot for me to get back into the X-Men movie franchise. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I have yet to hear anything good about. Oh, man. Have you seen some of those early designs? Mm, or what's supposed, yeah. not the early designs, but supposedly the actual look of the turtles? No, no, I haven't. Oh, my God. Oh, I need to I need to look that up. 
Um, I'm a turtle. Well, good luck finding them because everybody who posts them gets a cease and desist um, from yeah, Paramount. That's true. that's true. All I can say <laughs> is the ones that I have seen turtles with tattoos. Interesting. Turtoos is what they're called. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Maybe they should um, rename this movie to turd two. <laughs> Uh, and then, right. uh, Sin City, Sin City is probably a distant third because I did enjoy Sin City a lot. I thought that their attempt to recapture the, the magic of it with the, uh, the spirit was ill-advised. Um, right, so right. a new Sin City movie, I think could, could actually do things well again. I mean, I, I thought since the, the original, a Sin City movie was very enjoyable in that it was possibly the most perfect translation of a comic into the screen. Mm-hmm. Not perfect in the sense that it was fantastic, although I did enjoy it, but in that it was like the most faithful, like mm-hmm. panel for panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every, like, every it's single thing, thing wrong yes. with the original book made it into the movie. Exactly. <laughs> everything, everything that was Everything that people love about Sin City, everything that people hate about Sin City. At times, I would look at the bottom of the screen and expect to see page numbers. Yeah, I was really surprised. My wife got a kick out of Sin City. She was. We came out of. We came out of that theater, and I was like, "Here it comes." And I was like, "So, how did you think about the movie?" And she goes, "I really liked it." I was like, "Cool." You know, it's based on a comic book. (laughs) And then, and that's how Steven got shot. And then she rolled her eyes. And she's like, I'm not going to read a comic book, Stephen. She pulled out a gun and shot him in the kidney. (laughs) Yep, right there. That's why I have one fewer kidney than I did last month. So you're down to five. I'm down to to one now. Uh, Uh, What about you, Matthew? Well, I actually am kind of the inverse of Rodrigo in in a lot of ways when it comes to this. Because uh, for me, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, to a slightly lesser extent, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I liked the first Captain America movie, but I felt like, uh, yeah, what are you going to do in a new Captain America movie? Maybe it's just me. I love the Winter Soldier plotline in comics. I don't necessarily have to see it in movies. Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy is just too weird and offbeat for me not to want to see People are like, well, this is a big gamble. No, it's not a big gamble. Marvel is coming off of a huge, huge hit. Everybody's going to watch this movie. Even if it's terrible, I'll bet you it's the number one movie for two weeks in a row. Guardians of the Galaxy is not going to be a a giant Framistat. Oh, no, I don't think so either. As you go down the list, I'm kind of interested in Days of Future Past. I haven't yet seen Spider-Man to see whether I want to see Spider-Man 2. Because as much as I love Emma Stone, Emma Stone Blonde just makes me feel so sad. Emma Stone Blonde is like a Tyrannosaurus Rex with no teeth. It's it's still awesome, but the one of the awesome things that you really liked is just kind of like not there. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Um, when it comes to my bottom, though, honestly, I am less interested in either the 300 or Sin City movies than I am in seeing Michael Bay ruin the, the Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because I felt like the first 300 movie and the Sin City movie were very faithful to the source material that I didn't necessarily care for. And it feels like more of something that's not for me. Yeah. Whereas if you look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the turtles are never going away. It's not like the cool stories that I read in 84 are going away or the cool cartoons that Rodrigo watched in 91 are going away. So, I mean, even if this movie is a total bomb, 
I kind of want to see where it goes, and I look forward to seeing it on Epics a year or two after it comes out in theaters. So, but my number one Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. Um, you know, I kind of have some weird desire to see X Men Days of Future Past. Something about a time travel story always gets it to me. Uh, and even if it's a really bad time travel story, there's still something that makes me want to watch that movie. But that's not the movie that I'm most looking forward to see. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, most people would say, oh, Stephen, you've got to be interested in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm interested to see how they bring a uh, talking raccoon to life and a giant tree walking around. Well, I've ac- actually already seen both I of those. Rude. I've actually seen both of those on, on movies already. So that's not going to be such a huge surprise. But I am l- interested to see what the greater story is. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Sin City will also be somewhat interesting, and I think it's had a, an interesting release time uh, as far as studio schedules go, uh, really at the tail end of the uh, summer big box office bonanza. Um, I could care less about Transformers, could care less about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, 300 Rise of an Empire is coming out in March. Uh, not a kind of like the Lego movie. It's really surprising that they released it in February. Um, this one, I'm really surprised they're releasing it in March. Maybe that tells us something about their expectations of that movie. I loved the crap out of Captain America. The first movie, I thought it was wonderful, uh, of all of the, of all of the, uh, standalone hero movies out of Marvel. I thought Captain America was the best one. And so I am most excited about seeing the winter soldier when it comes out. What is it next month? April comes out in April or May. I forget which one. Cannot wait to see that movie. That's that's the one that I picked this this week. Uh, how did the rest of the major spoilers nation vote? As of this very second, it's going to be really easy <laughs> to figure out the percentages. One hundred votes in the bag. Yes. Top vote getter at forty four percent, which out of a hundred is um, forty seven votes. Fifty six votes plus or minus three Cap- percent. Captain America: The Winter Soldier, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, then X-Men Days of Future Past. Interestingly, when you get into the bottom, Rise of an Empire, 300, comes ahead of both Amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah. and Sin City 2 with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Transformers Age of Extinction both at 1% of the vote. Ugh. One one vote each. Hey, you know, if, if that's your, if if that's you your thing, go that, for it. Yeah, if you love it, love it. But here's the thing. Be aware that people are going to be jerks about the things that you love, even if they're great. Yeah. Bouncing and, boy. You know, go out, own it, love it, have fun with it. But you know, if somebody says to you, what about this terrible thing? You might, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I have arguments set up for why I love Ben Affleck's daredevil movie. I'm not saying that if you ask me if the black hole is a better movie than uh, uh, star Wars, could we make an hour long podcast out of it? I'm just saying, if if you love the Transformers, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. and I, I hope you do well in fourth grade. Uh, you know, there's a great post over at uh, Dork Tower. Um, John Kovalik, um, he's the guy that does all the art on the Munchkin uh, mm-hmm. art. He yeah, had a cool. great uh, comic up a couple of weeks ago. It says uh, how to tell if you should like something. And it went down this whole list of because everyone says it's popular. No, that's not why you should like something. And it just kept going and going and going. It was really, really good. I want to print it out and uh, hang it in my kids' rooms and say, read this every day. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. So if uh, tra- if Transformers or Ninja Turtles are your thing, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I may be in a little bit of a testy mood this week. <laughs> you said testies. <laughs> uh, that's your one. <laughs> 
Um, I get more than one on this show. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, 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 most dudes have at least two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are allowed to do four more, Rodrigo. Um, somebody has, had asked us, uh, can you guys review Batman Odyssey? By Neil Adams. And uh, <laughs> this is, again, one of those things that if you love Wait, it. Odyssey? I thought it was Oddity. Yes. If, if this was your thing, then great. But uh, first of all, uh, I said, sure, Batman Odyssey. Let's dial it up on the old Comixology, see what we got. And I have no, I, no idea why DC Comics would put volume two on Comixology and not include volume one. So I don't know what kind of wackadoo stuff happened in volume one. But, man, I was totally confused about what was going on in Batman Odyssey <laughs> Volume 2. And I don't think it's because I didn't read the first volume. I This is a mess. I read the first two issues of Batman Odyssey when they came out. And I did not read the remainder of what was supposed to be a 12 or 13 issue mini. Yes. Um, I think Volume 1 had like six issues. Mm. Volume two has like seven, but having read volume one, the first basically third of it. Yeah. Even I don't really have a leg up on what in the world is happening. Uh, okay. I'm going to say this. And this is just my opinion. This is just my opinion. This is not the worst comic book ever and certainly not the worst comic book series ever, but it is by far the worst Batman story ever written. Ooh. And I think that even even grant morrison's trippy take on batman a few years ago that had me so angry i like that better than i like this i can deal with the silver age batman of zurin r more than i can deal with this i think it's fine that neil neil adams you know does great art neil adams can tell some fantastic stories i don't care if neil adams has you know i'm fine with neil adams having um, the expanding Earth theory, that he's a big believer in the expanding Earth theory and the hollow Earth theory and all of that stuff. I don't think it belongs in a story that he's telling. And well, here we've got uh, creatures that have evolved from raptors, from dinosaurs. Yes. We've got Batman uh, punching the crap out of stuff and say, saying basically, coolio, daddy-o. We've got Merlin <laughs> popping in saying, hey, man, you want to borrow some of these ancient tomes from the Library of Alexandria? Anytime you want to pop in, Batman, it's fine by me. Is that Merlin? That's Merlin or whoever that wizard dude was in the uh, about volume six or five or six or whatever we, it was. In we this. have the sensei of the League of Assassins smashing steel with his bare fists and Batman riding a carnivorous bat into battle and Robin being so, Dick Grayson looking yeah, yeah. like. Like Tim Drake and yes. wearing Tim Drake's old costume. Yes. Which was designed by Neil Adams. Yes. So um, there isn't a bigger story that's going on here. So uh, Bruce Wayne is recounting uh, an adventure that pushed him to the brink of deciding whether it was okay for Batman to kill or not. And to in an this unknown person to an unknown idea. person who has a bandaid on his hand, which is really odd. Um, but um, so the story is. Rachel Ghoul's daughter Talia has been captured by Sensei, who is Rachel Gould's son, and taken to the middle of the earth, and Batman must go and rescue her. On this quest or Odyssey, uh, he uh, encounters all sorts of strange beings and adventures and are had by all, eventually rescuing um, Talia and having to have a fight to the death with Sensei. 
one of the creatures that he meets is an evolved raptor who has himself taken on the role of Batman. Bat hyphen, hyphen man. Yes. Which which is No, no, no. That that guy's a caveman. The evolved okay. raptor is Robin. It's Robin, yeah, yeah. my bad. So, we have two characters <laughs> who have the same name. Right. You got to pay close attention to the hyphen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they actually refer to different people Mm-hmm. In the book, as mm-hmm. the Batman, and apparently, thing, in, and apparently, in Odyssey One, the first mm-hmm. volume, Man Bat made a big appearance in the center of the Earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was something about a little girl being horribly murdered in yes. Volume One. Yes, because I remember the cover and being very upset about it. And there was also a car that ran on water. It runs on water, man. But this is an odyssey, and he he fights his way to the center of the Earth, and he rides a robot. Well, it's not a robot, but it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex wearing metal things. And I thought, man, Rodrigo must love this. Yeah, Rodrigo, what do you think of this story? You haven't chimed in yet. I I have not. Um, What to say about Batman Odyssey? Uh, Well, it's uh, interestingly, this book is... um, a lot more fun when uh, Mordecai writes it <laughs> than when Neil Adam writes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Batman Odyssey is like a story that a little kid tells you about Batman. It w- <laughs> did, let me ask you this. Did it feel like you were reading uh, Axe Cop, but with Batman? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that I mean, is dead, that was, dead on. Dead on. It, it, it is like... I mean, it is like a story a little kid tells you about Batman. It's like, okay, so Batman and Caveman Batman, they go down to the center of the Earth, but they can still be there because it's like those geodes you showed me online the other day. So that's how people can live down there. And then there's like Batman, Batman, Caveman Batman's Robin is a dinosaur, but he's not like an actual dinosaur. He's like a man dinosaur and he's got man dinosaur friends. And then they sit down for dinner and Batman's like, what are you guys eating? And they're like, we're eating dinosaurs. And Batman's like, how do you eat dinosaurs? And then a dinosaur man is like, well, you eat monkeys. And Batman's like, we do eat monkeys. Uh, and then That's it just actually keeps in the book. It actually is in the book. That is exactly how it works. Too. There's a moment where they think Robin is injured. And this is this is what sticks in my head. Batman's dialogue in this is a hoot and a half. He sounds like a cross between French Stewart in uh, Third Rock from the Sun and one of the Bowery boys. Robin is thought dead. And then Robin pops up and goes, hey, I'm not dead. And Batman goes, boy, you pulled the string out of my knees. You know, when that happened, what? you know, I, I don't rem- I think that's like issue three or four of this series. Part of me wanted to go. This is some weird drug induced trip that Ra's al Ghul has put him Fever on. Dream. Yeah. That's yeah. What but I it doesn't to. turn out to be that way. See, this is a weird fever dream that Ra's al Ghul put you in. <laughs> and, then, and then Caveman Batman shows up with a huge automatic weapon. And he's like, blam, blam, ow, pow, pow, Okay, and then Caveman Batman takes Batman to his friends. And one of them is a scientist and one of them is a TV reporter like Uncle Milton. So he's like, hey, do you guys have TV down here? And we're like, yeah, but you can't see it in the real world because then you would know that we're down here. So we only have that kind of TV. But not like your kind of TV, but we also have the internet because otherwise, how are we going to play Angry Birds? And what's really cool is then they start they're fighting, and then this Chinese guy comes up and he's all like, "I am the best martial artist in the world, and I've come to fight Batman." 
this was something else that I, I was a little concerned about. Is it in standard continuity that the sensei is the son of Rachel Ghoul? I don't know. I have no Does idea. it make any sense? Is that what you well, said? This is the thing. So here's the continuity. It is. It is in continuity because at the end of Morrison's run on Batman, um, there okay. was actually a thing where they're trying to kill Sensei or Sensei's coming back and something with a magic suit of uh, armor that Batman has to wear. So mm-hmm. Sensei is the son of Ra's al Ghul and we kind of. Well, Sensei is the son of Rachel Ghoul, and to toughen his son up, he never allowed him to go into the Lazarus pit. And he got too old, and then when Rache finally allowed him to get the Lazarus pit stuff, it didn't work on him. So he's pissed at his dad. He's old. Yeah. Well, and this is this is the part of it that was confusing to me. Every time I see Rachel Ghoul, mm-hmm. I see Rachel Ghoul in the comics, and I, I believe he is drawn as being someone of Middle Eastern or kind of Egyptian descent. Yeah, sure. And the sensei is very clearly drawn as someone of Asian or Chinese descent, maybe Tibetan, I think is probably the better uh, thing. And my expectation here is then I'm like, okay, this character is this character's son. And I understand these things happen and I understand, but it's just, it's one of those moments where I'm like, did, did they ever, Say to us, Rachel Ghoul once walked the mountains of Tibet and fell in love with a beautiful queen, or is it just kind of a oh yeah, by the way, this other immortal guy who looks old is actually younger than Rachel Ghoul, which yeah, makes yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It it is a I don't know if there's supposed to be I mean if this a, a giant cyclops shows up at some point. I don't know if this yeah. is supposed to mirror any of the uh the Iliad and the Odyssey at all in any way, shape, or form. Um Maybe. It could. I don't know. I could never make a connection because, quite frankly, I don't remember Homer fighting um, uh, ancient raptors and Neanderthals. Homer Simpson? I did. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good episode. Oh! <laughs> a raptor ate my bar! Uh, uh, so, uh, from the story... There's a bit where all of uh, Batman's this, villains are in glass cages for some reason. This, yes. <clears throat> This could have been a really good one shot about take out all the crap about Middle Earth um, or Inner Earth or whatever that it is. Take all that stuff out and just put Batman tracking down Sensei to get Talia back. And the fact that uh, Batman is given the option of killing someone and doesn't really do it, but does do it. Um and I think you've got a much stronger story because if you just take out all that other stuff, the story makes complete sense. I've, but it, it's just like it's really amazing, especially if you like plug this into the rest of the Batman universe. Yeah, it's like why why does Batman behave the way that he does? It's like well, when he was a kid, like his parents got gunned down and stuff, so it's like eh, okay, it makes sense. He's just maintained his psychosis better than a lot of other people, right? And it's like. Hey, Batman, that's why you never use guns. Have you ever killed anyone? Yes. It's like, oh, tell me that story. Well, you see, there was a caveman Batman, and he came up (laughs) from the underworld, and he was like, hey, Batman, I know where your girlfriend is because your girlfriend got stolen by, I guess, her brother, technically. Do you you think Batman, do you think Bruce Wayne, who's wearing a Green Lantern T-shirt through this whole thing, do you think he's just a joke about that? He's like, I've got the, the whole group, and I'm like, what, what? Do you think that he's just like pulling the Adam's hat over Superman's eyes saying, oh, by the way, oh, you dopey. Spoilers, he's talking to Superman. Yeah. 
Uh, do you think he's just like trying to pull the wool over over Superman's eyes and giving him a bunch of BS stuff? Yeah, but then a bunch of real story stuff in an attempt to see how far Superman's real reporting skills go. Because, I mean, Clark is sitting there saying, oh, this is great, fantastic stuff, uh, Bruce. I can't wait till someday after you're dead that I can publish this and and get a Pulitzer (laughs) from all this stuff. Well, actually, he doesn't say that. But Bruce is like, yes, of course, you cannot publish this until I'm after long dead. I'm until I'm uh, long dead. I see this as a story that as as much as it doesn't necessarily work, trying to make it more sensical for lack of a better word, actually does this story a disservice. This story has to be BFC. It has to be nuts because if you start peeling away the things that make it woo-hoo-hoo, caveman, Batman, yeah. you take away you know the, the long rides on the raptors, you take away Robin flying a giant bat and maybe dying. If you take that away, what you have is kind of just a standard issue Batman yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. So as much as this isn't – I don't want to say this isn't good. It's this not good. You can, you can say it. It's not good. But I, I, I don't necessarily agree with you. There's actually that. some redeeming qualities to it. We'll get to that it's in a minute. Not, it's not great Batman storytelling, but it is fascinating in its own way. And I feel like to, you know, to try and break it down and turn it into a story that – maybe fits continuity or makes what we would call more of a, of sense or, you know, breaks it all down to where we've got just Batman telling the story and it's like, well, this happened and there were no unusual or fantastical elements. I feel like this story is actually better served as a crazy whack job thing because this is Neil Adams, comic book legend coming back to work on the character that made him famous. Yeah, exactly. decades Mm -hmm. it has to be something notable and bf crazy is notable it may not be what i would choose it to be Mm -hmm. but i would rather see this than see neil adams do a couple of bog standard issues of i can't armor my head (laughs) i i want i want wild and craziness i want something that is that is befitting the status of of Neil Adams coming back to Batman. I mean, you you yeah. can't have that be just like a you know the episode of Buffy where she's in the asylum. You got to have it be the episode of Buffy where they you know destroy an entire city and it falls into a wormhole or something. You know, I, I was I was going through and I was like, I can't wait to read whether what other people had to say about this because the what I remember was that this was the most awful piece of thing that was ever written. <laughs> Uh, from a lot of people uh, at the time when it was originally released. And so I went searching for some uh, previous reviews. And of course, there's one site that uh, we don't need to mention that just thought that this was the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderfully written piece of of uh, stuff that was ever done. And uh, then there was another site that was like, this is the worst comic ever, but it is the best worst comic ever because mm-hmm. it because it is totally bsc because it goes so far over yes yes it's it's like um you know some of your worst uh, b movies um Mm -hmm. you know army of darkness it goes so far over the top in a lot of the stuff there's uh, um um, big trouble in little china goes way over the top in a lot Mm -hmm. of places 
there's there's things that you know um, like your your favorite your favorite movie uh um uh, surf nazis must die matthew goes so (laughs) far over the top that you're just sitting there going oh my god this is wonderful and i think that if that's how you view this then it can be the best worst comic ever and there can be a big cult following behind this but for me i just thought it was awful (laughs) except the art for the most part, I really like Neil Adams' art, and I love Harry Batman. Harry, Harry chested love God Batman. Yes, I love that. I will, I will say one thing regarding the art. The art in itself, pretty awesome. It is very ill-served yes. by a horrific and garish polyester 1977 coloring to, to the point where there are scenes where I'm like, my God, this must have looked pretty before they slopped purple all over. You know, we got our copies from Comixology, and there are many pages. I, what are we seeing? I guess it's the cover pages that are mm-hmm. that are done in the pencils, and those mm-hmm. do look really cool. Fabulous. And when you look at uh, Caveman Batman wears yes. a bright purple cape. <laughs> and I'm not talking like purple. I'm talking like purple. I'm talking like colors that don't occur in nature. Well, I know it's from all under the earth. Remember? Oh, right. Okay. We've not well, seen that so. because we don't get their broadcast from down there. But yeah, you guys don't have our polyester. <laughs> there's pinks and greens and purples and blues. And Batman as a character is a character who tends to be, you know, blue and black and gray, which is great. But there are points where Batman's own costume is this weird cerulean kind of thing. Yeah. And then he'll be running about, and I'm like, ooh, he looks really good here. And then the next page, everything is pink. And the coloring on this is just so not good. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not, not helped. Not and it's not helped by, you know, the bright colors of your uh, digital device. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like Harry Batman. I do like that. Um, Did you like the whole page where Batman was walking and the sensei was walking right behind him like a Monty Python sketch? (laughs) I can't find him. Where could that little fishy be? A sensei, sensei, sensei fish. Uh, And he went wherever I did go. (laughs) And then at one one point there was only one pair of footsteps and that's when sensei was carrying me. Uh, there's like, oh, there's a great line in that scene. Oh, what is it? Hang on, hang on. Oh, I gotta find it. <laughs> you guys keep talking. I need to find this. Okay. Uh, All right. Oh, did I mention Dead Man shows up in this? Dead Man! Yes. <laughs> for Adams no reason except you know to bring. Why? Well, he created Dead Man for no why other reason Neil to bring Adams in. And I draw Dead Man, by God, <laughs> for nine panels. Uh, and Dead Man's like, hey, hey, I'm Dead Man. Oh, wait, I'm alive. Awesome. I'm solid now. Doopy doopy doo. Bye, Robin. <laughs> that that right there, by the way, was an extremely I, I guess I, succinct but I, accurate. I, I said that wrong. It's not Neil Adams didn't create Dead Man. He likes to draw Dead Man. Uh, Neil Arnold Drake. Adams popularized yes. Dead Man. Dead yeah. Man, I believe, was Carmine Infantino. For the artist. Yeah, 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 exactly. The first appearance is actually not one of the better Dead Man stories. Dead Man frank. makes no, I mean... There is no reason for Dead Man to be in this book except that he can jump in and say, hey, yo, Robin, pay attention to this next bit coming up. Right. 
I'm dead man. But here's the thing. There's no reason for a, a dinosaur to grow up, turn into Robin, have an invisible shield, and shoot people in the face with Cable's handgun. But God. it happens in this book. God, I don't know what to say about this book. Oh, here, here it is. All right. So, um, Sensei starts, like, gets right up on Batman's butt. And he is like moving around exactly like Batman, so Batman can't see him, right? Right. He's literally he's like, looking right. for him, looking for him, looking for him, can't find him. And he he says, "Then it hit me." This is Batman thing. <laughs> <laughs> then, then it hit me. What could the sensei do that the greatest ninja couldn't easily do? Shadow ninja. Nobody uses it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, Rodrigo, the, the sensei is actually of Spanish descent. Is he really? His true name is Joaquin behind you. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> And All you right. know what? That joke actually really fits the tone of so it, it, it really does. <laughs> so to That's our true. we kill and eat everything. <laughs> 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 and the big the big giant Batman miniseries ends with a three page spread about hey Superman sure is awesome huh yeah Superman yeah. when are you gonna go do that big swoosh and uh, Batman and Robin both refer to Superman flying off as the big swoosh the big swoosh and I there's a seat the bit in there that I didn't understand where Superman's which, like hey, which part you like my between hat? page it's one and the end Adam's hat and I'm like what well and, and the only reason I can think that that's in there is a nod to hey look at me I'm Neil Adams and I wrote Neil this Adam. book but this is the thing Superman should wear that hat exactly Clark always wear that hat yeah regardless of whether it's stylish or makes sense Clark Kent should wear that hat with his little blue suit and his striped tie so I'm on board with all of that I just I just when's he gonna do the swoosh I just swoosh. So, you know, I I like his art. There are some moments where expressions get a little wonky, but um, otherwise the pencils are really good. All of the dinosaur people have issues with their mouth. too. we forgot to mention that there are trolls in this book. Oh, and gnomes and gnomes. I mean, this take everything, every genre Every uh, sci-fi element, every big battle thing, throw in Batman because Batman makes everything better, right? Right. Put it into a big mixing bowl and stir it and then just pour it out randomly into glops. And that's how this book was made. Can I just say that Neil Adams, Bane and Scarecrow on page 18 of the last volume seven is the most terrifying thing I have ever (laughs) seen. You know, (laughs) see comics in the dark. Yeah, you know, what? what's really funny is when uh, Batman does kill Sensei in a very violent way, uh, there's like a double page spread of just every yeah. Batman villain all going. And Bane looks like he's like, ah, yeah, I know. And that's everyone is just like pulling on the collar going. And it's just it's crazy. Scarecrow Scarecrow is like, hi. And then Batman gives him the ultimatum. He goes, if you mess with cops or kids or my city, I'll do the I'll same to you. I'll kill you dead. Run away. And that and that's the and that's the explanation of why there's no more crime. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> so, okay, listen, in all honesty, I like Neil Adams. I have nothing against the man. I don't have a problem with his belief system. And to the dear listener who is probably going, but I but I like Batman Odyssey. 
Um, you know what? More power to you. I'm glad that you love it. I'm, I really am glad that you enjoy it. And we're not trying to make light of your love, but from our, from my perspective, and I don't know about these other two, because I'll give them a chance to wrap it up. Um, I did not find this book enjoyable. I found it, uh, um, terrifying. I found it that I, I was looking around for my spare sandwiches that are hidden away somewhere. And I think that's the only way that I could enjoy this book. So uh, dear listener who asked if we could uh, review this book, um, I hope this was not too of a, much of a put down for you, but I am going to say, and I, and we all paid big monies for this book in digital format. Um, I'm going to say listeners do pass on this book, do pass on this series. Um, I don't find it enjoyable in any way, shape or form, except to poke fun of it uh, with two of my, my best friends. So Rodrigo, final thoughts. Uh, that's nice. Um, (laughs) let's see. Uh, if, uh, every, everybody, everybody loves some Batman comic, right? So if, if a Batman comic is like a ham sandwich, yes. Right. Yes. And somebody, somebody went, went to this person and said, okay, you make a ham sandwich. And it's like, okay, S- except instead of bread, he used jello. Mm-hmm. And instead of like lettuce and tomato, he used like thumbtacks. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, well, let's, let's say that he used like marshmallow fluff instead of mayonnaise. Right. Okay. The biggest problem that this book has is that there's still ham in the center. Yeah. There's yeah. still Batman and the 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 um the the framing narrative is all about the very serious topic of when does batman deign it necessary to kill within the book within the context of the book robin finds out who killed his parents mhm yes all of this is in the middle of gelatin and marshmallow fluff. Of this and it's, other story. It's yeah. incredibly off-putting. If they had taken that out, if this was just crazy adventures and crazy world, it would have been fine. The problem is, is that there's still kind of this very forced necessity to keep it serious. Mm-hmm. And it just makes no sense. And and that that put me off of the book. If you had just given me this wacky book in which an adventurer rides around with bats and dinosaurs and meets dinosaur people and then fights a kung fu guy at the end that would be great but the constant like reference to batman and batman's deal actually really threw me off so it's like i don't know i just normally i would be into a book like this but this book actually managed to throw me off of it so no i would not recommend it and matthew Some time ago, I met a woman who wanted me to go with her to a bakery so we could have her favorite chocolate-covered bacon salt uh, donut. And in theory, it should have been awful. And in eating it, I was kind of like, well, it's a cream-filled chocolate-covered donut with bacon on top. And it's salted, and the caramel is all salty. And I'm like, I, I I feel like there's lots of things here that I like, and I don't necessarily hate the way the donut comes together. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's 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 not an experience that I would go out of my way to go back to that particular bakery and eat. And Batman Odyssey is like that. 
Because like Rodrigo, there are things here where I'm like, yes, I want more of, I want more of this crazy world in the middle of the, of the planet and this strange pseudoscientific geo explanation of how they're able to live. And isn't it wonderful to be here where the air is so thick and powerful? Yes. On the surface, it feels bad. I can do more Batman-y things here than ever before. And gravity. Love, love all of this stuff in theory. But when you get to the chocolate-covered salted bacon caramel donut, it just didn't gel for me. If it's something that you really, really have to explore, my advice to you would be get your hands on a copy that you can read and see if you if you're you know going to be completely drug into this. I would say maybe read volume one first and see if that helps. Are they, are, are they tied at all together? I mean, in volume oh, one, he's know. like, because at the beginning of volume two, basically Batman's like, volume- and that's, and it starts out with, and that's how I save Christmas. And here's yeah. another adventure of Batman. Batman of uh, Odyssey number one and two started with the same Batman speaking to the invisible second person. And we, the reader sitting in for that person framing sequence. Right, right, right. But other than that, I really cannot tell you what mm. happened in those books. Okay. And, Dead Man is in this, and Dead Man is cool, and there's weird moments and things and stuff and junk, and it's not. You know how we say Neil is a wonderful, wonderful artist? Sure. And I've said for years that Neil is a wonderful artist. Yes. As a writer, Neil is a wonderful artist. Yes. What about his writing? Bacon donut. <laughs> All right. As a writer, if we were to talk about his writing, I would have to say Neil is a wonderful artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has he written a lot of stuff? Um, or is- you remember continuity comics? Yes. Armor and the Silver Streak and Mega. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And, yeah. Yeah. None of that made sense either. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it holds a special place in my heart, but it's nuts. Okay. All right, listeners, there you go. Batman Odyssey Volume 2, available now on Comixology. Um, do us a favor. Uh, check out one of our sponsors, tweakedaudio.com. You head over to tweakedaudio.com. You can check out their awesome sets of headphones, earbuds that you can get. I like them all. They're engineered for durability, noise reduction uh, built in, microphone is optional. So many colors, so many different styles, and best of all, because they're helping us out, they're going to help you out. When you head over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code MAJOR, M-A-J-O-R, you Major. get 30% off the price. Awesome. From our friends at tweakedaudio.com, we thank them for their support. I think that wraps it up for this issue, guys. Thank you, uh, Matthew, for joining us. Where can people find you on the tweeter? On the tweeter? Yes. Uh, or the hooter. At- <laughs> at mighty king cobra look for uh, matthew's ashley of the day 365 right. days uh june 19th will be 365 days there you go and rodrigo what uh where can people find you track you down stalk you all that kind of stuff uh they can find me at fearsome critter okay all one word and you've also got what ro- robot sexy uh, rocket sexy, oh, rocket sexy, is, sorry. Rocketsexy.tumblr.com is my reblog, a blog. Oh, okay. Um, magicturtle.tumblr.com is my actual posting blog. All right. Well, <laughs> you actually have two blogs to differentiate. I, actually, I actually, there's multiple Tumblrs. I actually, I have four blogs. 
Um, one of them, okay, uh, I am rocket sexy. Any crap for my Ashley of the days? If you have four blogs, well, I, you know, I, what, never, so I've rocket given you any crap rocket sexy is is reblogs, right? Right. So um, if you find something interesting, you just basically reblog it. It's kind of like retweeting, right? Right. Right. Okay. I said a blog. Blog. Then then I have um, reblog and haiku, which sometimes I find interesting things and feel like writing a haiku about them and reblog that with a haiku attached. Um, haven't haven't updated that one in a long time. Um, and then I have Critter Nose Cars, which right. is my automotive advice blog. Yeah. By the way, the Chrysler is running really well lately. Oh, that's good. Thanks to your advice. If you if you ever I, I if you no ever find it, let me know. Really did, but. <laughs> All right. Thank you both for being on the show. And listener, thank you for joining us this week. Or I should say listeners. Maybe you're listening with a friend. I'd like for you if you uh, if you listen as a group to this show, send us an email a podcast at major spoilers dot com. Let us know where you listen as a group and what you guys are doing, because um, I find that fascinating. Or if, I suppose if you're just listening by yourself with earbuds on the bus, uh, let us know about that, too. Um, podcast at major spoilers dot com next week. I'm kind of excited about this because I've kind of read the uh, comic book a little bit here and there, but I love listening to their their podcast, um, Dakota Ring Theater. Next week, Mask of the Red Panda. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Major Spoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. With a thick fat about way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Whoa, 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 whoa! What a major spoiler!